Live from State Street in the heart of Chicago, you are listening to the new home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN Chicago. And this is Carmen and Yurko, WMVP, WSHE, HD2 Chicago, a good Karma Brands radio station. Big one o'clock hour on deck here, Yurko. Live in our State Street studios, we have Todd Furman in 35 minutes live in Vegas to break down all four divisional games. It started on Saturday, two Saturday, two Sunday. Oh, I can't believe there's only seven games left in the NFL season. We'll play McKnight at the Movies a little bit later. Back to the phones in just a minute here. 312-332 ESPN. Rams passing game coordinator Zach Robinson is going to interview for the Bears OC job. So is Eagles assistant and former Colts OC Marcus Brady. Ties to Reich, ties to Eberflus. And now we've learned through Adam Schefter that Cliff Kingsbury, who was a senior assistant on Lincoln Riley staff at USC this year, will also interview for the Bears OC job. They're really uh, going after the McVay-Shanahan tree, it seems like. They're interviewing a lot of those guys. What does that mean? We talked about it last hour. Yurko thinks it doesn't necessarily mean anything, that it's still pretty wide open, but you said that if they hire Greg Roman, ultimately, that's more of a clear indication that they might be sticking with Justin Fields. We'll see where this goes. I, I would think here in the next... When's the Senior Bowl? That's usually, I mean, you kind of want to have it in place a little bit by the Senior Bowl, don't you, York? Yeah. Wouldn't you think? You know, one of these used to take place in the middle of January. Senior Bowl senior starts Bowl is, uh, it's February 3rd. Yeah, so we got so a so it's little week while. in between. I yeah. believe Tim Hightower is coaching the Shrine Bowl or something like that. Uh, that's the East-West Shr- uh, Shrine Game. Isn't that what that yeah. is, York? Yeah. 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 And uh, when is that? One of those is usually earlier. It is. And the, the East-West Shrine Game, I think, usually is. That is uh, that's the, that's the week before it looks like in the middle of the week. So that's out in Hawaii. Is that one still in Hawaii? Uh, you know what, Yerk? It used to be out in Hawaii. Uh, the Shrine Bowl is in two weeks from today. Two weeks from today. Okay. So it's Thursday, Saturday. I think it's in Texas now, Yerk. Texas? Yeah. Okay. They played in Texas. So you definitely want to, I think, settle on a guy. You know, like it's not like you have to do it today or this weekend, but clock's ticking. So we continue to track that story. Uh, we're live in our State Street studios. You can watch us on YouTube. Make sure you click and uh, subscribe to the station's YouTube page. You get all the latest videos, all the fun stuff. You can watch the shows. You can also listen on the app, the ESPN Chicago app. Make sure you have that. Listen live or on demand anytime, anywhere. A news from uh, Daryl Van Scowen. I think he was the first to report it, and all the different papers and everybody else picked up on it, that the White Sox are potentially exploring a move, not to Nashville, but to the South Loop. Boy, Sylvia and I, 20 years ago, were talking, man, if they could have just had some vision and build it. As they started building up yep. the South Loop, we talked about how cool that would be. You know, with the city as the backdrop, and you're by the trains, and you're close to the loop, and people could leave work, and it's nice and easy. Not that it's a pain in the ass to get to 35th and the Ryan. I mean, it's a pretty quick little ride on the green line. That's the better trick. Stay away from the red line. It's too congested. The, the green, green line. The green line's the trick. Get on the green line, go to Bronzeville. It's not bad, but it's not. What do you got, a five-block walk there? From the green, from the Bronzeville, it's like maybe four blocks. Yeah, four it's block. not bad. Have you seen the renderings with the sky with the skyline in the background? That's why it'd be so cool, Charlie. And that's what Sylvie and I used to always say. I mean, we were talking about this when Sylvie and I did shows together twenty one years ago, twenty two years ago. Like, man, if Jerry and the Sox would have had a little vision and said, "Let's," as that as that area was starting to come up, they had put, the, I think, like the Home Depot they put down there was relatively new and Target. That the target was like years away from being there, York. I mean, years away. Yeah, it was like they'd put a Dominic's, like it was a new Dominic's, 
and a, and a Home Depot, I think, were like the first couple of things. And then a Whole Foods followed and that strip mall and then the Target and the movie theater. And it all just sort of built up. And the Buffalo Wild Wings. Yeah, it's all like over the years, just one thing after another. So they're apparently, according um, to Daryl, uh, let's see, where's the top of this? Remember now, Jerry reportedly met with the Nashville mayor over the winter meetings, too, but who knows what that was about. According to Daryl, serious negotiations have taken place between the White Sox and developer-related Midwest in regard to a possible uh, baseball-only stadium at Roosevelt and Clark in the area known as the 78. I didn't even know that that was that. I didn't the know that was called Remember that. Block 37? Well, I do remember Block 37. That, that's 78. I guess so. Yeah, I didn't know that. They just added all the blocks together and called it that's 78. 78. Yeah. It's Related like Midwest. Block 5 and Block 7, you know. Related Midwest owns the site, Yurko. The Illinois Sports Facility Authority, which owns Guaranteed Rate, has not been involved in the talks. Right. The organization's CEO told the Tribune. You know who used to own it before who? this company got it. Who owned what? The Illinois or the Block 78? Block 78. No, I don't. Tony Resco. I did not know that. Yeah, Tony Resco. Look at you, you doing sold your out. research. Well, you know what? When I see news, I got to read it. Good for you, Yurko. And then there's an Iranian billionaire gentleman that is also part of the ownership group of that. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, so I, Abdallah was the first to tip me off to this last night. He just he texted the story. He texted Daryl's, I think, tweet to me. And I said, oh, wow, like some good news for a change. And he had a smart-ass but funny response back. He said, I thought they were moving to Nashville. Really? I thought we were getting rid of them. We're not getting rid of them. Stop I thought it. We were getting, I thought we were going to be free. How dare you? We can only hope and <laughs> this is like the This is like the best. <laughs> I, I, I smiled at this more than any like piece of White Sox news I've smiled at in some time. I was like, oh, that'd be cool. It When's the last is. time they made you happy, Carm? It's been forever, Adam. Okay, that's my point. It's been forever. Yeah. Like the last time the White Sox truly made me happy. Jeez. Did they, did they make um, you laugh? They made me cry a lot. <laughs> I mean, I guess like Robert makes me happy. Like signing Robert and he's turning out to be a, a star player. When do they trade and cease? They will. They will. I you know. Yeah, a lot to look forward to on the but, South Side. <laughs> Hey, listen, I don't mind Chris's plan of attack here so far. I got to be honest. It's better than what the than the old charade. That's for sure. Signing ex-Royals? Uh, well, I don't love all that. Boy, the assistant GM they plucked from the Royals, right? Yeah, well, he's, he's, he's a wizard. You've seen what he's done with the Royals. But I do like the Bannister and um, Barfield additions. And I just, I, I kind of like his honest approach to what they are. You know, like Waddle joked about it the other day. At least give the guy credit. He's like, yeah, we're not good. We're not. We're not good. We stink. I do like that. I mean, you used, think about the nonsense you used to get. We're always in a championship window. Yeah. We're always adding. We're this. We're that. No, you're not. Yeah, I don't like our team. Championship window. Like, at least Chris Getz has been honest. So I don't mind. Yeah, he's brought in a lot of Royals guys, which is, eh, you know, maybe not the best thing in the world because it's, you know, the Royals. He doesn't like the team. Wasn't he in charge of the minor league system? <laughs> he was. I, I mean, what the, the hell is he Yurko, talking about? Don't worry about I don't the like details. the team. I don't like our team. Yeah, but you're, the, the construction of this big league team, he had nothing to do with Yasmani Grandal. I, I agree. You know, like, there's plenty that he didn't have his hands on. The old system was flawed. It was old, flawed, mostly antiquated thinking. Even Rick couldn't change some of that, even though he's 
much more of an analytic guy. And it's resulted in basically bupkis for the last 20 years. So I don't mind some of the the, the approach. I do like the idea of uh, a stadium closer to the loop, although getting for where I live, it's not arduous to get to guaranteed rate. Do I think it'd be cool to have a, a very modern stadium in the South Loop here, uh, looking at the buildings with the looking at our beautiful skyline? I think that's, I think that'd be great. What do you do with the building that's only thirty years old? I'm not so sure. I mean, what would you do with that? Nothing. You a developer would have to come in and do something new, knock it down, and you would do something new down there. Well, Tennessee is destroying a football stadium that is less old. Yes, that's that correct. is younger. Guaranteed rate's what, 31 yeah. years old, Jerk? Which that sound is, right? like, ridiculous. Have you even provided all the debt service May- on it? Maybe 34 years old? Uh, that's a good question. Well, 1994? No, I think not, 90, was 90 the first year. UC was 94, Jerk. I think um, I think 90 was the year it opened, if memory serves. I'm sorry, uh, opening day 91. They got their you-know-what's kicked in. Uh, April 18th, 1991. So you're talking about a building that is 30, what is that, 33 years old. What, just scrap heap now? I guess. Thanks for paying it. Now we're going to destroy it and make it garbage. You know, the amazing thing is, as bad as it was at first, they've done a lot of things to make that a better ballpark. And a, Right? You know, they really yeah. have to make it look better. And it's not garbage. They just played there last year, and they're going to continue to play there. Of course. Right? All of a sudden, it's garbage, and everybody's just got to eat it. It's ridiculous. It's the way, the, it's the way this is no, goes these days. No, but it's not. It's, it's not. You allow it to happen. That's the way it goes. Yeah, we're paying for another stadium. We're going to have to build the Bears stadium. Well, and you, the, didn't, you didn't pay for the Cubs stadium. That's true. We you didn't, didn't pay for it because the, the Rahm Emanuel said no. That's true. So they did it. So why would anybody else be allowed to have anything else? If they you told the Cubs to go blow it out their ass, they also didn't build. Why a can't new you tell one. anybody else to do it? Their cost was lower because they didn't build a new one. I'm not saying they didn't put significant capital into it because they did, but you know they're not looking. What does it cost to build? Can you build a stadium these days, York, for less than two bill? Well, remember it was uh, ultimately for the Rams. It was five billion ultimately for okay. the Rams to build that thing. Can you build one for less than two billion dollars well, at this it, point? You'd be hard pressed, right, to be able to do that. Yeah. So you know they're going to come. You're right. Hat There's always hand. cost overruns. Oh yeah, always. Oh, it looks yeah. like the oh. the Braves was seven sixty five million for true. Oh Park. wow, really? That's shocking. How much? Seven hundred and sixty five million. That's net. just his first result. I'm seeing a few different numbers, but yeah, seven sixty five is the one from Georgia Sun. And how old is that? That's about five years old. Something like that. Is that right? Wow, I'm shocked at that. That park opened in seventeen, so. That means that park is now six years old. That was pretty close. And they built it at a cost of, yeah, wow. Like the, Wikipedia says 622. That's incredible. I don't know. To me, it seems like it'd be hard. Uh, so maybe I overshot that a little bit. Yeah, they're going to come asking for money. Why? At the same time, the taxpayers are going to have to flip the bill for a Bears stadium and a Sox stadium. And maybe I don't like it so much, Yurko. Good point. I know I don't. As a resident of Cook County... I might put up a little bit of a stink on that. Oh, the problem is if you're a visitor here, you're going to pay it. If you rent a car here, you're going to pay it. I don't care. You ride, uh, you ride the, the whatchamacallit. You ride Welcome the, to the, the train, you're going to pay it. Yeah, that's true. No, you're going to pay it. Yeah. Whether you like it or not. Yeah. You're going to pay it. So when I book like a little staycation hotel, I'm going to pay for you're it. You're going to get whacked. But I live here. They're still going to whack you. Russ is in Palos Heights. Hey, Russ. Hey, thanks for having me. Got it. Uh, I wanted to make a comment about... Uh, 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 all of Fields fanboys and uh, 
what they should be looking at when they start to defend him. They should be looking for the uh, passes that he completed in the 5 to 20 range over the last three years as compared to trying to throw vertical and throw 50-yard verticals. I think uh, Yurk can probably throw a 50-yard vertical in a beer league someplace. <laughs> I don't know but about I would that. Suggest, huh? I don't know about that. His shoulder's shot. <laughs> well, in any case, uh, uh, Fields can't recognize, and therefore he can't respond. So he has not had any any performance in the 5-20 to 20 range, which is the money range that Tom Brady always had to be able to move the move the do down the field. So I, uh, the fanboys have to take another real look at uh, what they have there and what they don't have. All right, Russ. Thank you very much for the opinion. 312-332-3776. If you want to chime in. Boy, he's polarizing, isn't he? Justin, jeez. Funny thing is, I think everybody likes him. But just the skill set and like what he can be and where he can take you is what's got very polarizing here. Tom's in Hegwish. Hey, Tom. Hey, guys. I got I got four things now. Uh, one, the O-line needs to be fixed. You can't win with Braxton Jones. Miles My, Garrett had 11 pressures on him. Larry Tunsil had one pressure. Mm, that's well, the difference Tunsil's why Stroud is yeah, good. Tunsil's pretty damn good. You're right about that. Right. So, so that's, that's why Houston is where it's at. Second of all, Kaplan is a hypocrite. He sits there and says, oh, we got to get rid of Justin Fields. We got to rid of Justin Fields. Then he goes on to say, well, Cutler didn't have an O-line. Well, we didn't do Trubisky right. He didn't have an O-line. Well, yeah, Justin Fields doesn't have a whole line So what is it? It's the O-line. Tom, that other moron, Tom Brady had the best O-line in football, you potato. Did First he? of all. Yes, he did. He did for First a while. Scarn- when Skarnacki was there, they got a, they squeezed a lot out of those O-lines. Tom right. Brady also had a good O-line because Tom Brady got rid of the ball quickly. Remember that. Right. The system. We go back to the system. Eh, not Just a like- system. Tom Brady's not a system quarterback. No, 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 no. The system that was in place. That's it's got nothing thing. to do with the system. It's got that Tom That's Brady was phenomenal. You potato. That's Tom Brady was potato. phenomenal, and Tom Brady could yeah. recognize and see things and knew to get the ball out quickly. He's so, not a so system why is there, quarterback. So why does everybody want to go to the Sean McVay system, Chad Shanahan system? It's the system. You don't need number one rated wide receivers. You need receivers that can get open. That's it. Fourth of all, that moron Jerry Reinsdorf wants to build. You had the replica of Comiskey Park. That was looked just like Camden Yards, except he didn't want it because he had to play half the season at Wrigley. That's why he he didn't do it. That whole thing was silly. Tom, thanks. You potato. Potato. He called him a potato. I'm going to use that all the time. That's so funny. (laughs) You potato. Potato Uh, Coordinators, play callers help. Why does everybody want McVeigh or Shannon disciples? They're excellent play callers. Their scheme is good. But to I don't like then, oh, but the quarterbacks are system quarterbacks. Tom Brady is not a system quarterback. Tom Brady played in like 10 different he systems. He is the system. In 20 years. Okay? Yeah. I'm going to steal the James Harden line. He's the system. Okay? So, uh, you know, offensive lines look a lot better when quarterbacks know exactly where they're supposed to go with the football. And they get the ball out fast. O-lines are always going to look better. Roy's on the south side. What's up, Roy? Yeah, I want to. I want to. First of all, to the guy talking about the offensive line, Joe Burrow has been one of the most sacked quarterbacks in NFL history. Yeah. When he took his team to the Super Bowl, 
He was the third most sacked quarterback in NFL history. He got sacked 70 times. He got sacked six times in the Super Bowl. His line has stunk basically since he got in there, Roy. You're right. I mean, he's been sacked 148 times, something like that, in his career. But he's one of the best young quarterbacks in the NFL. I want to hear about an offensive line, man. And another thing, San Francisco is a great organization because they have people like John Lynch. John Lynch, San Francisco drafted Trey Lance. Everybody keeps forgetting about this. They drafted Trey Lance in the same draft as Justin Fields, third overall. Did they mess around with Trey Lance and say, oh, let's give him another year. He needs to develop. No. They recognized right away that they made a mistake, and he's not good. And they got rid of him. Not the Bears. Not the Bears. They're going to keep a quarterback for 10 years and talking about, oh, we need to develop him. He still needs, he needs weapons. No. That's why you're in the position that you're in. You don't make moves. You don't make the right moves. Justin Fields should have been traded. Okay. Okay. All right, Roy. Uh, listen, they, you don't know that they're going to keep him for 10 years. You don't know what they're going to do just yet. But, Roy, thank you. Sit tight if you're on the phones. We also uh, are going to play McKnight at the Movies. A four-pack of tickets to Josh Abbott Band at Joe's on Weed April oh, 12th on nice. the line, my friend. I got a price for the Atlanta Stadium at $1.1 okay. So you saw a different one. What yeah, I saw a different one with good stuff and a good uh, list of exactly who's responsible for what. In Atlanta, someone called in and said that it was like an entire complex that they wow. built. Mm. And like the stadium part of it was the 780 whatever but million the whole complex but like the entire like the hotels and everything like that okay. was what the number that Yurko was saying yeah according to security filings from Braves owners Liberty Media total cost to the stadium and the battery Atlanta was 1-1 one, one. Hmm. the stadium was constructed in a private partnership public private for 622 the exhibit hall and hall authority issued 397 million in bonds for the project and the county raised an additional $14 million, transportation, uh, transportation taxes an additional $10 million. The Braves will spend $181 million over 30 years to help pay off the county's bonds on the project. Mm. So, yeah. The I, Braves have to disclose, right? Because yeah. they're, publicly traded, they're, they're owned by a publicly traded company. That's exactly what this So there's disclosure, yes. yeah. And then the $300 million already on the Buffalo Bills Stadium taking it to $1.542 billion. That's the new one that they're building? The new one that they're building. They're already $300 million over budget. Already? Already, yes. Jeez. See? So plan for one, two. You see how that works? Already 300 over budget. All right, let's play McKnight at the Movies. Uh, McKnight at the Movies. Connor McKnight recreates classic cinema on Carmen and Yurko, only on ESPN Chicago. Always one of our favorite times. Let's play. Uh, last week we had the pursuit of happiness, and it took us all the way to the third yeah. clue. But we got it. Took it a while. Didn't have it. Uh, we play along with you. First correct caller is going to win the four pack of tickets to see the Josh Abbott Band at Joe's on Weed on April twelfth. Ah, spring will be in the air. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. That's the number when you know it. Hope. Yeah, April twelfth. This stinks. Generally, you're right, Yerk. You ready, my friend? I am ready. All right, here we go. McKnight at the Movies, part one. Our scene opens on the front porch. Two men sit, dining al fresco. Not much, by the way, of amenities, but they're enjoying themselves. The meal is interrupted as one man begins to boast. A preposterous claim, and his companion takes it at face value. Just then, another pair comes down the road. Our braggart seizes the opportunity to heave the lunch and prove his point. Message received as his aim is true. The victim is left off screen for a beat while our hurler heads back to the front porch for more nostalgic whimsy. I have it. It's so good. Yeah, I, I, no clue here. I have it. Twitch has it. Nostalgic yeah, that, I whimsy. I figured that was going to be a quick one. 
That's what it is. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I can't believe we haven't done this movie yet. We get to hear a great scene coming up. Here's part two. A bit on our actors. The cast is full of no-names. Don't get me wrong, our main made it out and had a small run, but this film had a budget of half a million. It rose, however, to cult classic. Our main would go on to star with Will Ferrell, but he's hardly in this scene. At the time, the most familiar face was Lawrence from Office Space. But Hillary's sister is in this. The girl from Waterworld is in it. The truck driver from Men in Black is in this. And, oh, Max's mom is in the movie. All right. Uh, you said the Twitchers did have it, Adam, pretty quick? Yeah, they got yeah. it by the end of the first yeah, that, uh, uh All right, here's part three. Back to our scene. The camera stays on this helmet-haired dreamer. He's reminiscing about his high school days that never were. We are fully into delusions of grandeur territory. The trip down memory lane takes a turn from dream and toward regret. After a beat, our reminiscer asks his friend whether he's looked into time travel on the Internet. Without missing a beat, his buddy assures him he has and that he's got it figured. It's a ridiculous movie that helped inform the decade's context for big-time movies yet to come. Not bad for a film that shares a name with an emperor and an explosive. It's so good, man. It really is. It's such like an oddball movie, and I remember the first time I saw it thinking how odd it was, but how much I enjoyed it. It's the definition of rewatchable. Uh, it is so good. Let's go to Eric in Bolingbrook. Eric, what's the movie? Napoleon Dynamite. It is Napoleon Dynamite. Sit tight, my friend. Hold on and make sure Adam's got all your info. We'll send you the Would tickets. you like to know the tie-in? Uh, let me think about it for a minute here. Hold on. Okay. I can throw the ball over the moon. I could, how much more make bet I could throw a football over those mountains? It's not like uh, something is going on tie-in. What would the tie-in be? Somebody had to die. Uh, There's yeah. got to be a death. Mm-hmm. Is it like the anniversary? Is it 20 years? It is 20 years yeah. old this year. How about that? And 20 I years old. feel ancient. <laughs> that is pretty wild. Wow. 20 years old. You Vote for be Pedro. kidding me. Vote for Pedro. Remember those t-shirts? Vote for Pedro. Oh, I had one of those. I had one of those. I went as Napoleon Dynamite for uh, Halloween <laughs> one. I think that year I was uh, Napoleon Dynamite. I had the wig and the glasses and the vote for Pedro. I love this movie, and I love this scene. Here's the reveal. Back in 82, I used to be able to throw a pigskin a quarter mile. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. I'm dead serious. Watch this. What are you doing? That's what I'm talking about. I gotta go. <laughs> How much you want to make a bet I can throw a football over the mountains? Well, if coach would have put me in fourth quarter, we'd have been state champions. No doubt, no doubt. No doubt in my mind. You better believe things have been different. I'd have gone pro in a heartbeat. I'd be making millions of dollars and living in a big old mansion somewhere. You know, soaking it up in a hot tub with my soulmate. Kip, I reckon you know a lot about cyberspace. You, you ever come across anything... Like time travel? Easy. I've already looked into it for myself. <laughs> the best. 
Right on. Easy. I've already looked into it for myself. I'm just sitting online talking to babes all day. All day. Dude, when LaFonda gets off the bus. It's, the, it's phenomenal. It's, I mean, it is It's like wreck. everything about it, dude. We used the line, your mom goes to college. We used that so line much. for 15 years, like just to bust each other's balls out of nowhere. Your mom, And it makes no sense. Like, you're, you know, I mean, just we drop it in anywhere. Oh, yeah, your mom goes to college. I mean... I absolutely love that movie. I love that Connor had the gall to start the whole thing by saying two men dining al fresco as those two knuckleheads are sitting there on the stoop eating uh, steak off of their knees. <laughs> steak off I of mean, paper plate. It's the absolute greatest. Oh, I love it. All right. Well done, Connor. I, I wasn't. <laughs> I'm dying. You going to make it? I'm, I, LaFonda coming off that bus the first time. <laughs> It doesn't get any better, folks. Hey, speaking of that, should we bring in Polly Cheesecake for his picks? Oh, why not? How did we do last week? <laughs> he went 0-3. Oh, boy, Paul. He's now 27-25-2. Or, no, sorry, 27-28-2. No. Yeah, 27-28. And he told me on the phone he really likes his picks this week. And I okay. go, did you not like them before? Yeah, did you not like last week's picks? Or And I'm having lunch as we speak. Okay, what's for lunch today? Uh, I'm having a, bi- a bindi. What's a bindi? It's a uh, chicken cutlet on a funeral roll with bacon and cheddar cheese. Boy, the chicken cutlet thing is big out on the East Coast, isn't it? Like the Tommy cutlets. Yes, they, it is. They yeah. love cutlets, yes, you know? Yeah. I, I said, yeah. I said, I told Yurko a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about it, and I make ch- I made chicken cutlets last night. I made chicken parm for the yeah, kids. That's I'm a chicken surprised. cutlet. Yeah. But I've never had a chicken cutlet on a sandwich. Yeah. Ever. I've seen a lot it's, of it's really good. Uh, it's, and it I had to make good. my boss and I, I had to make my and I had to make my boss a cheesecake. I gotta be honest. I gotta be honest, I'm not even knocking it. I'm intrigued by it. Like I think the next time I go to Thank New York, you. I'm gonna find Some a deli cutlets. to have a chicken cutlet sandwich because yeah. uh, it's there you a, go. It's a, and then they put prosciutto Dress and mortadella. To nines. Yeah. And then they take, oh, they yeah. take a whole cold cut sandwich and they put yeah. it with the cutlets. Yeah. yeah. Looks fabulous. All hey, right. So hey, hold, then, on, then, hold, then, on, hold on. Hold on. I also had to make my. Okay. You boss the cheesecake, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I had to make them a tri- triple berry. Triple, triple berry. All right. New boss. Did you make it. Uh, New boss. Was it on the arm or did you charge him for it? No, 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 no. This the new boss. No, not the first time. No, no, but I'm saying, so you charged him. No, 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 oh, no. Oh, the no, first cheese the is the first cheesecake always free. Yes, that's wow. how you hook him. That's how you hook him. Yeah, oh, he's like a drug yeah. addict. He gives it to him for right. free and then they come back. Cheesecakes are like fifty right. bucks now, right? Fifty dollars for that's a cheesecake. That's right. That's right. What do you right. what do you that's charge right. for a Paulie's cheesecake right now? Twenty five. Twenty five. Uh, inflation hasn't been so bad. He was yeah. charging twenty like fifteen years ago. All right. So yeah. the first one's mm-hmm. free to okay. you hook them, and then you then you get them you yeah. get them once you get the you know you get it in the vein a little bit, you can't uh, stop. That's right. Okay. Yep. All right, Paulie, what That's do we right. like this week? You got to okay. bounce back, man. Okay. Okay. Give me give me Detroit. Okay, you want the Lions? You boy, you love laying lumber. Boy, they're getting La- they're Lions minus six and a half. Oh, oh boy. yeah. Oh yeah. I want I want I want the Niners over you want the, the Niners. again laying a big price. You're laying a big number minus nine and a half. Here's here's. Here's my upset. Okay. Houston. Houston. We're going to oh, take the Texans. We got a, we got an upset. Now, are you saying money line or you're just going to take them with the points? Houston and the point. And Houston will beat Baltimore. So you want to give them on the money line then? Yeah, he's taking the no, points. No, 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 no. Houston and the, what is it, eight points? Okay, I think? Nine, nine and a half. 
Okay, that's fine. That's okay, fine. Okay, all right. So we're not not quite bold enough to say money line. We'll just take the points in that one. All right. Sprinkle. Yes. And maybe yes. a sprinkle, maybe a little couch change, or maybe some of that cheesecake change on the money line. All right, Paulie, listen, better Definitely. luck this okay, week. Guys. Enjoy the games. Thank Enjoy you. the sandwich. And uh, anything Thank going you. on with Malata, or should I not ask? All right, everything's going good, but I'm worried about uh, just right now, just trying to get better because the what. The weather's bad sometimes here, you know, in the winter. Because, you know, it's just okay. it's hard to work when, when you're outside with the carts and, uh, you know, pushing the carts when it's cold out there. That is hard work, oh. yeah. That is hard work. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. send okay. our best to okay, Malata, guys. and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you. All right, buddy. Thank you. We'll Great. see you. There's Polly Cheesecake. What did he call that sandwich? What's it called? They a, have a bindi. A bindi. A bindi? I've looked a it up. Is that what they call them in, on the East Coast? They call yeah, them bindis? it's basically, hold on, I looked Tommy it up. Tommy Cutlets, baby. Do you know Tommy Cutlets is like endorsing Rayo's now? The sauce? The gravy? Did you know that? I did not know that. I saw it online. He's making cutlets with his, with his ma, and they're using... Uh, what are they, they using? Use? Chicken. Rayo's. Chicken, the, right? The Rayo's, the gravy. Oh, the sauce. Which is delicious, by yeah. the way. They do a good... For, like, jarred sauce. For jarred sauce. Rayo's so, is probably the best, and they sell it at Costco now, York. Oh, I didn't it's, know that. Ah, it's fantastic. They got Trader Joe's, too, I believe. They have it at Trader Joe's? If it's more economical, at uh, I buy it at Costco. It's fabulous. The classic bindi is a chicken cutlet, bacon, mozzarella, and Russian dressing. Ooh, I don't know. I, I would 86 the Russian dressing. I don't do that so well. I don't like that. But it sounds good. That's a Jersey thing, huh? Yeah, a bindi. A bindi sandwich. Long Island, yeah. Oh, Long, Long Island. Island. Okay, this, is, it, this is a sandwich place in Long Island that has You guys notice that? Like, I see it on my Instagram feed a lot, like the delis. In New York and in Jersey, and I, I didn't know that that was such a prevalent thing. Where you put a cutlet on a on a hoagie sandwich with tons of cold extra cuts. protein. I guess you know. I've noticed. I've noticed the big thing now is to like throw all the fillings down, then chop them up, and then scoop them into the sandwich. Bread. Have you seen? Have you been seeing those cars? No. Wait. What is it? Yeah, I'll show. I'll, I can show you later. But yeah, you you chop up like everything. And you just kind of lift it into the sandwich. So no, I haven't seen chopped that. and combined. The big thing now is everybody's got to spin the the onion and spin the garlic. Every Instagram every it. is uh, the food. It's always spinning, and then you and then you chop it real fast. Yeah, everybody uh, on social media when you, all the influencers. The, you got to step food, your game up. The, I guess guy, I'm gonna have to start uh, spinning my yeah, shallots. There's a guy like out in Turkey. The expression. Pardon the expression. That I watch, you know, that you see on Instagram. So I mean, he's got the spares and he puts the meat Dude, on the spares and they cook the guy the outside. Spares, like, yeah. Oh my god. The guy outside. Phenomenal. Yeah. I love that guy. If it's the same guy, there's maybe it's a bunch. The same of guy. I there's love a that handful guy. of them, but you know the one. Todd Furman he's goes got like seventy kids. He's got to feed. Oh, I don't know about that. Yeah, that's a different that's one, one. I think. This guy's like out in remote locations yeah. always, and he builds fires. It's awesome. I can't remember his name. He's somewhere in Eastern Europe. Coming up next, Todd Furman joins us, not in Eastern Europe. He joins us in Sin City, live in Vegas. We'll preview all four divisional games next. You're listening to Carmen and Yurko. If you miss something, get the podcast on the ESPN Chicago app. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. Do, da, dippity. We've got four games to break down. The divisional weekend is upon us. And this time, every single Thursday throughout the football season, we go out to Vegas, talk to one of the best in the business. You follow him on X, at Todd Furman. Make sure you follow and listen to the podcast, the Bet the Board pod, wherever you get your pods with Todd and Payne Insider. And he joins us on the Car X Tire and Auto Guest Hotline. How was Wild Card Weekend? Boy, the dogs love barking on that Wild Card Weekend. Not as much this weekend, but that first weekend's been a big dog weekend the last uh, eight to ten years. 
It is always incredible how things play out. Before we get into some of that, I do want to give a shout-out to one of the biggest Bears fans I know. He turned six this week, so uh, Paulie listens to the show all the time to hear you guys talk, and I think he's optimistic about what Caleb Williams could mean if that's the direction that the Bears go. Should Cliff Kingsbury get the job? Did you say six? Six. He might might have more lucid uh, and rational thoughts than a lot of the callers on Fields and No Williams. We should get him on the air at some point. I mean, look, that's the bottom line. I think everybody wants change, and sometimes you need that fresh perspective out of that next generation of Bears fans. Although, look, I mean, I was glad that I didn't get indoctrinated into that fan base rooting for the Giants along the way. Otherwise, I might be disenfranchised at this point the same way. So we've got to be careful about all that. What do you make of the Kingsbury news today? Is that just to pick his brain on Caleb or... You know, would Matt Eberflus actually be, would he have the balls, quite frankly, to hire a guy like Kingsbury, uh, knowing what it might mean if the Bears lose games and his seat gets hot going forward? Look, if I'm Poles and Warren, I'm telling Matt Eberflus, we're going to handle the offensive coordinator hire. And whether you like it or not, Mm. we need to bring in a guy that we feel comfortable can groom who we think may be the next quarterback. And whether it's Justin Fields that they decide to keep or they draft Caleb Williams number one overall, I think that's a decision you take away from the head coach because if you give Eberflus that level of control, he's going to want to bring in someone he feels comfortable with. He may want to try and put his fingerprints all over the offense, and that's not a great situation for anyone. So I think the Bears find themselves in a little bit of uncharted territory, but we've talked about this at great lengths, guys. When we look at coaching hires, look at the teams that are most successful. They can either delegate from the head coaching position as CEO, or you bring in that offensive mastermind that gets to call the game the way he wants, because offense in 2024 is that much more valuable than defense. And I think Sean McDermott, a little bit of an outlier there. We saw how things have unfolded in Buffalo. But Andy Reid, the gold standard, what Kyle Shanahan is doing in San Francisco. And it's not like the 49ers have missed a beat when D'Amico Ryans took over at Houston. And look what D'Amico's done. He's kind of served as CEO going, you know what, Bobby Sloak, you call the offense. It's a system I feel comfortable with. And I think it's a blueprint that you have to follow in the NFL now instead of bringing in someone that wants to punt the ball on fourth down to protect the counting stats for his team defensively. That's a good point. All right, let's start there then. That's a good place to start. We'll just go in chronological order. You mentioned uh, Bobby Slowick. Uh, It's Ravens hosting the Texans. Nine-and-a-half point spread as the Texans hit the highway, and this will be the first road start, obviously, for young C.J. Stroud, who became the youngest player to ever win a playoff game under center. Very impressive. He's going to go up against a better defense, and a defense that really did some good things to hide and disguise what they were doing and really made it tough on the San Francisco 49ers a few weeks ago. And I bring it up because Bobby Sloak, of course, is a disciple of Shanahan's. Like Shanny, they're going to run a lot of pre-snap motion. They did it for most of the year at a top-10 rate. What do you expect in this chess match between that offense and a very good, rested Baltimore defense? Well, let's tackle the narrative first that I know everybody has been privy to over the course of the build-up to this game about Lamar Jackson and how he's had one of the biggest passer rating decreases from the regular season to the playoffs of any quarterback in NFL history. We can look at the ATS numbers. Lamar hasn't exactly been great at the betting window when he's more than a three and a half point favorite, just six and 16 ATS. And when that number balloons out to seven and a half or more, one and eight against the number, the interesting part, the one cover did come against these same Texans way back in week one when Lamar was learning the Todd Munkin offense. But I think this is a game where Houston has to play from a positive game state. And I think that's increasingly difficult against the Ravens team that's going to come in well-rested. 
they're going to throw some wrinkles defensively at C.J. Stroud that he didn't see with the Browns. The one thing we've grown accustomed to with Jim Schwartz and all stops along the way, that he's going to do what Jim Schwartz does. He's not going to change his game plan. And credit Bobby Slowick and company for making those adjustments, albeit with an upgraded quarterback, compared to what they saw in Week 16. Now, the interesting part about this dynamic, Coach McDonald, the defensive coordinator for the Ravens, not new to playing C.J. Stroud. Coached against him when C.J. was at Ohio State as well, when he was on Jim Harbaugh's staff at Michigan. So there is that increased level of familiarity. It's tough to lay numbers this large, but this is a number that's big for a reason. So it's buyer beware here on the Houston Texans. If the weather clears out, I think that actually helps Baltimore and their ability to win by margin. I'd look at Baltimore in the first half as well. I think they have to get off to a quick start. And what we've seen from the Ravens, when they stepped up in class this year, especially at home, they have left no doubt when you look at games against the Lions early the year and some of their opponents. So for me, it's favorite or pass in this one. All right. Uh, excellent advice there on maybe that first half. How about another big spread here? But I think the game could be interesting the way Jordan Love has played. 49ers laying nine and a half in the night game on Saturday against the Packers. I mean, Love's last nine games, seven and two straight up, six and three against the number, the 21 to one uh, split between touchdowns and interceptions. He hasn't thrown a pick since December 11th. It's incredible. Uh, their efficiency numbers across the board in that first half, really in the first three quarters, were out of control. Now, you got to put some of that on just a complete meltdown on the Cowboys. <laughs> I mean, you got it, right, Todd? But, like, I, it was amazing to watch. Uh, how much more prepared will this Niners team be, and what kind of tough sledding are the Packers in for going out to Santa Clara this weekend? We want to talk about a high level of familiarity. That's what you get here with these two head coaches who know each other inside and out. Kyle Shanahan and Matt LaFleur broke into the league together uh, in 2008-2009. They were on the same staff there also shared some time in Washington as well. So this becomes a prisoner's dilemma game. If I know what you're going to do ahead of time, how do I make some of those adjustments required to be able to open up the offense? But you nailed it, Carm. Mentioning Green Bay, and I think we can't fall in love with that offensive performance we saw last week against the Dallas Cowboys because Green Bay was able to take advantage of a short field. There was a pick six, and the offense wasn't asked to do a whole heck of a lot outside of their comfort zone. Malafleur deserves a world of credit, and it's a point that Payne brought up on our Bet the Board podcast we recorded earlier this morning, that Green Bay may want to take the ball early, come up with their best stuff, and try and spend as much time in this game playing from a positive game script, knowing that San Francisco, when they have their full complement of defensive linemen, if Eric Armstead comes back healthy in this spot, has generated a pressure rate of around 60% uh, with him, Javon Hargrave, Nick Bosa, and Chase Young all on the field, compared to a rate that drops below 40 when one of those players is out. The last thing that Green Bay wants to do here is have Jordan Love in known passing situations where they can't lean into play action because this 49ers offense is going to score. They're going to put stress on Green Bay defensively, unlike what the Packers had to deal with last week against the Dallas Cowboys. So for me, I can understand why people have gravitated towards Green Bay taking the 10, knowing that number wasn't going to last. But for me, this is a live betting opportunity where I think things could get a little bit squirrely if the 49ers build a lead. But at the same time, wouldn't shock me at all if Green Bay hangs around long enough and has a chance to sneak in the back door. I won't be as bold, though, as to call for an outright upset. All right, a good point about uh, taking the ball, too. They did it last week, which is pretty counter to the way it's done these days. But they did it last week, and it worked to perfection. On to Sunday, we're uh, breaking down the games with Todd Furman from the Bet the Board podcast. Todd joins us live in Vegas every Thursday here on ESPN Chicago. 
Uh, the Lions land six and a half at home against the Bucks. I do not want to crap on the Lions. I think it's a great story. But, boy, down to down, I'll tell you, some of the efficiency metrics, they were really outplayed in that game last week. The red zone was the story. Rams went over. Lions went three for three. But uh, outside of that, I mean, the Rams outgained them by nearly 100 yards. They were better in EPA per play. They were much better in yards per play. Should the Lions be laying six and a half or seven in any contest right now? I mean, right now, Carm, with the case you laid out here, I'm going to have to be the one alongside Yurk asking you the questions for the handicapping breakdown when we do this again next fall. When you look at the Lions, you mentioned it, second-half EPA, minus 3.2 in that department, a 21% success rate. And why they were so successful early in the game against the Rams, they were able to bypass third down compared to the second half where they needed to go nearly 10 yards on all of those snaps. If it wasn't for that 21-17 lead, who knows if the Lions are still dancing into the second weekend of the playoffs. And it's a much different storyline when you're asked to win by a touchdown plus in this spot compared to just covering a field goal, something that they weren't able to do last week. I also wonder about the letdown. And while it sounds counterintuitive to say in the playoffs, how Mm. much energy did that take out of Detroit with Jared Goff trying to prove his worth uh, against Matthew Stafford? and looking at everything that we saw from the fan standpoint and the emotion in the stadium to try and run that back, whereas Tampa, they went into the game against Philly, said all the right things after, and Antoine Winfield probably encapsulated it perfectly, saying that we're on a revenge tour. We got Philadelphia, who beat us in Week 3. We get a chance Mm -hmm. to go up against a Detroit team who dominated us in our own building as well in Week 6, and we'll worry about the 49ers if that's (laughs) a matchup that we do get in the NFC Championship. So I am right there with you. I think it's dog or pass here. I loved what I saw from Dave Canales. Unfortunately, it cost me a first half under for a full game that got there. But his willingness to allow Baker to throw early in that game, especially vertically against the Philadelphia defense that struggled in pass coverage, especially against tight ends, there are going to be deep shots there for the taking against the Lions. If the Bucks are able to connect more effectively and efficiently than we saw in the first meeting, I think Tampa has everything in the tank offensively and defensively to not only go in there and cover, but maybe pull off the biggest upset of the weekend. I like the Bucks here, uh, but I'm waiting and hoping that I can get a natural seven. seven in the betting market. We'll see if it gets there. I, I'd love to see that seven pop your head. Canales has done a nice job evolving a little bit this year, too, so that's good. Last game, Bills Chiefs, uh, maybe the best one. Maybe they've saved the best for last. We've seen the great playoff matchup, certainly the one a couple years ago in the divisional round in Arrowhead. Uh, Because of the weather, I want to start with this and this game and then let you have at it, but because of the weather and the fact that Buffalo had to play late in the day Monday, Kansas City played Saturday, is there any sort of rest advantage or does that kind of go out the window when we talk about teams getting prepared for, you know, big playoff games this time of year? No, I think it's massive. Uh, I think it's probably not able to be properly quantified in the number here, given the fact that Kansas City does have two extra days You look at Buffalo and the schedule they've had to go through, traveling down to South Florida, playing in warm weather, uh, in an elimination game of sorts there for the division. Buffalo has kind of been in playoff mode since their Mm -hmm. bye week, and they deserve a ton of credit. They took control of their own destiny, have gone out there and earned it. And it's a team that's shown flashes offensively of what they're capable of, but I do wonder about the health, especially on the defensive side. They finished the game against the Steelers down seven key contributors that played a major role in the Week 18 win against the Dolphins. I do think a player like Rasul Douglas is out there, and they may get some other players that can come back in a modified role. And this is a Kansas City team offensively. Look, just because they beat the Dolphins and they took care of the Bengals, they haven't figured it all out. The one thing, though, that I did like to see is that Andy Reid decided to hell with it. We're going to get the ball Mm -hmm. to our playmakers. And 70% of the offensive touches as far as skill position guys 
Isaiah Pacheco, Travis Kelsey, and Rasheed Rice last week. I think some of that continues with the same personnel packages. For me, the matchup to watch, though, is the other side of the ball. Kansas City defensively doesn't get enough credit for how good this unit has been and their ability to provide pressure, what they get from Trent McDuffie and Legereus Sneed. If the Bills turn the ball over and a little bit careless there, uh, I think Kansas City is a live underdog. But this game will be a full-blown battle. Every time it gets to three, you'll see dog money. I think you'll see professionals looking to lay the two and a half. And for me, uh, if I was going to get involved here, I'd be waiting for a 24 and a half at a reasonable price on a Bills team total to look to go under. Because if the Bills go over that number, I just don't see a path for Kansas City to win or cover. All right, another interesting point. Remember, Isaiah Pacheco did not play in that meeting in the regular season in Week 14 when the Bills won with that crazy ending uh, in Arrowhead. All right, before we spring you, any best bets for the weekend, my man? No, unfortunately, nothing that would qualify uh, in terms of the category. I know people love to get themselves involved since we only have seven games <laughs> left on the schedule. We did offer up a prop, uh, and I'll give you the Cliff Notes version there. We played some Rashad White under carries uh, at 16.5. I know 15.5 widely available now, still some wiggle room, and his under yards do shop around. There's some variance in the market. I think if Tampa is going to be successful, they're not going to run away and hide in this game, and so much of it is going to be heaped on Baker Mayfield's shoulders here that I think you'll get a limited run game in that regard. We saw the Lions do an excellent job, not just last week, but all season kind of bottling that up. So I think there is some correlation that even if Tampa is the side plus the points, uh, that Rashad White will have a hard time exceeding those expectations. So closest thing to a best bet there, like I said, looking for the Bucks plus seven, may dabble, but want to check some weather forecasts. And as always, never want to give anything out to the listeners that I haven't bet myself. All right, beautiful. Great breakdown. Check out the Bet the Board podcast for the week as the guys go over all four games in even greater detail for divisional round weekend. We'll preview uh, Championship Sunday next week. Thanks, Todd. Time flies and you're having a good time. Best of luck at the window this weekend, gents. Thanks, right, buddy. Todd. You too. It sure does, man. Seven games left. The countdown is on. That's Todd Furman live on the Car X Tire and Auto Guest Hotline. Crosstalk coming up in 10 minutes. We're coming right back. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. Carmen and Yurko are back. No, no, no. This is ESPN Chicago, Chicago's Home for Sports. No. Coming up, uh, Billy in St. John's been waiting patiently. Go ahead, Billy. What's up, Yerko? Yeah, what's happening? What's happening, Billy? Oh, good. Hey, listen, I, I just wanted to say, why couldn't the Bears just keep keep uh, Fields in when the new guy comes in? Because he ain't got to start right off the bat. Why can't they do them both? Is it the money? No, I don't think it's the money. No, I don't I, think that's it. I think it money depends on who the quarterback is that they draft, Billy, if they wait till later. That could be an option. If they take Bo Nix, I think they might wait. Like a, like a lot's still on the table, I think. Yeah. you got a lot to sort out. Matt in South Carolina. Go ahead, Matt. Uh, hey, if the White Sox move, wouldn't the city of Chicago just be really excited to put the Bears a new stadium where uh, the White Sox are? Maybe, but, but would the Bears want to be would there? The Don't Bears they want to be on the, the lakefront? Yeah, would they want to go down there? The be... whole argument is the Bears belong on the lakefront. That's been the whole argument I mean, the whole time. You're like a mile from the lake, but I see what you're saying. I don't know, Matt. I don't. Yeah, but it's still not the a, lakefront. It's not. I don't know that that's an option for them. You're still sort of stuck with that one expressway. You know, basically, it's like all that traffic in and out of Bridgeport. Are those people going to want that nonsense? At least, at least you've got an expressway. What do you they do got? Have, you don't have it. That's by, true. By, by parcel seventy-eight, what do you have there? You got nothing there. Yeah, it's a little different with baseball. You're going to have to take Roosevelt smaller, over. And you're going to have to. 
I mean, what are you talking about? A nightmare right there, too. They've got land around guaranteed rate for tailgating. That's one benefit that they'd have. You've got some tailgate options, lots more than you have have now. Tear that stadium down. You have to build a new, bigger stadium. You need seventy-five thousand seats, of course. And now the fan, even though even though Bridgeport residents are used to it with baseball, they're going to want that eight or nine times. I don't know, man. Who the hell knows? I think they'd rather that stadium's going down. They'd rather have then. I think they'd rather have that eight to nine times a year than than eighty times a year. Times a year. Of course, nobody goes there. So I was waiting. Crowded. I was waiting for the joke. Yeah. Thank you. I, I knew I, it was. They'd find out what a crowd was really like. I, you're, I knew it's kind of what I was getting at. I knew it was, it was around, I knew it was around the corner. Uh, all right, we're cross talking in two minutes. Yurko's got the final word. Carmen and Yurko present today's final word. Because you had to be a big shot, didn't you? You had to open up your mouth. Today's final you word. Had to have the last word. On Carmen and Yuriko. Danny, the ectomorph that he is. I love him. Trying to become a mesomorph. But I'm right now, I'm an endomorph. You know what an endomorph is, right? An you kids e- study in school, I, I, we all know what an endomorph is. I know what an ectomorph is. Endomorph is a uh, fatty yeah. individual. You know that, That's Chuck? an 